Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline, and why would a fellow love a girl like me? A girl who's merely lovely. Joining me, a girl who's so obviously unusual, Ori Abadje Williams. <laughs> That's the best intro ever. You've got bars, Caroline. <laughs> you know what? I think I do. Um, you have brought this film into my life. I This film was a whisper on the wind to me. Oh. The, um, the, the 1997, yeah, yeah. Cin- Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella... Starring Brandy, Whitney Houston, mm. Whoopi Goldberg, mm. Jason Alexander, mm. Bernadette motherfucking Peters. At mm. all. <laughs> Victor Gerber. Vic- Victor Gerber yeah. of Went Down in Titanic fame. Fun fact. Yeah. I know we said we weren't going to do facts. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, he had just finished filming Titanic before he filmed this. He's really good in it. Yeah. I love must him. must have been so much happier to I <laughs> Imagine going from that where you're like just... Having an existential breakdown yeah. while plates fall into the ocean <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, Rose, this, this ship will sink. Sorry, I was on the phone to my sister last night and she was rinsing me about bringing up Titanic in every episode. So, hi, Jill. It's forever relevant, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. And then to be like, oh, I'm basically going to be in like Munchkin land, like <laughs> yeah. in, in Cinderella. Um, I have so, so I only watched it for the first time last night, oh, which I, I do think is something of a handicap because I think you, it's one of those things where you watch and you're instantly like, I can totally see the people whose entire childhoods would be summed up in this. I could see where you would meme it to your yeah. sister or your friends. Oh, yeah. I can see like the looks and everything. But like, and so when you're watching it as a grown up who'd never really heard of it before, you're almost trying to trace the the, the thread back to the jumper of yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, I, n- I need to watch this 17,000 more times to get to the get to the nub of it. Meat. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about about it and how you came to it. Um, I came to it via video. This was back in the days of video. Mm-hmm. Um, so my uncle, my poor uncle, he recorded it for his kids on TV because it was a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he recorded it on video. I don't know how he did that, but genius. Um, <laughs> and he recorded it on video. And then he was like to my mum, oh, do you want to let the girls watch this? Because, you know, we were two girls. It's just my sister and I. Um, and he had a daughter and a son. So I guess maybe she'd finished watching it. She was over it. And she was like, oh, give it to somebody else. Um, so my sister and I watched it. I can't even remember the, the exactly like the exact first time that we watched it. Um, but I just remember after that, we would watch it religiously, I think maybe once a week. Wow. And I don't think we ever gave that video back to him. <laughs> and he recorded off the TV. So did it have like adverts, advert breaks in it and everything? I'm telling you this time as a genius, there were no adverts. Wow. He'd somehow managed to cut the advert bits. Maybe he stopped recording when it was the adverts and then picked it back up when the... Uh, genius. Genius. An ally to women. Honestly. Honestly. He made our lives so much easier. Um... And I think at the time, my sister and I went like, oh my gosh, this is like representation. We were just like, oh, she's got braids and it's Whitney and it's Brandy because we used to watch Moesha. Yes. I mean, we didn't watch Moesha until a little bit later because we weren't, you know, but we were aware of Brandy. Yeah. um, And obviously Whitney Houston. So it was just like amazing to watch. And I would have been, I would have been three at the time. Um, And I just remember being mesmerized and then watching it over and over and over again. Um, And it's, it's basically... What I suppose Shonda Rhimes used as the benchmark for Bridgerton because the casting is obviously like super diverse. It's yeah. Whitney Houston, um, you've got Whippy Goldberg as the mother, um, and you've got Victor Gerber as the father, but then their son is neither of their races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like Filipino. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's the story of Cinderella, but you've got Whitney Houston as the godmother, and Brandy as Cinderella, Bernadette Peters as the incredible evil stepmother. She's so good. She's the so levels good. in that performance are spine tingling. Honestly. She's just fantastic. And there are things that she says, like, the one thing that my sister and I, I think, always say to each other, there's a moment in the film, which you'll get when you watch it for the 13,000th time. Mm-hmm. She says, like, Cinderella. Like, <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> That's it, because it's like, it's, um okay, so coming to, so I, I had been dimly aware of it. Like, yeah. I, I had seen it, like, 
posters and bits mm. of you know how you can you can see the ephemera of a film without ever actually seeing it and you see it and you're like oh yeah Brandy at one point was a Cinderella yeah. in a made for TV movie that I assume was for like the Disney Channel or yeah. something and Whitney Houston was in it and Whoopi Goldberg was in yeah. it and like Whoopi Goldberg was you know just off of Sister Act and so you would imagine taking those three legends together who have like all very different kinds of music um, like originally pop and R&B and gospel that the music would therefore reflect mm. Um, what those three women mm. were putting out there, and then you turn it on, and like it would be some kind of like a take on Cinderella, mm. but it's not a take on Cinderella. It's just like it's so it's a musical. It is like a, it looks like it's on a stage. Yeah. It looks it's almost like pantoy kind yeah, of thing yeah. because yeah. Cause the the costumes are so over the top, and it's so like you know that that small provincial town yeah. beginning of Beauty and the Beast, and the music is so lush and orchestral, and it's just classic 60s musical yeah. but for a made for TV movie in the 90s yeah. starring Brandy Whitney <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Whoopi you do get a little bit of like the R&B in there though there's that song that um, Brandy sings by herself like in my own little corner in my own little room yeah. and she, there's like I hear a little bit of the drums coming and I was like ooh that little percussion that's a little bit of R&B like, yeah. sprinkled in there which is really nice yeah because the um, the soundtrack I don't think is available anywhere no which has been one of the great disappointments of the modern era of life because it should be everywhere. I should be able to listen to it on my morning. I should have been able to listen to it on my way here, but apparently there's some kind of like dispute with Brandy's music label and Whitney Houston's music label, and it's just all a mess. And they've just been depriving us all this time. They could have been making so much money out of everybody. So, yeah, yeah, because I think people feel very, very deeply super, and super keenly yeah. about this. And you, but you can listen to the Rodgers and Hammerstein, the sort of the original sort of stage musical yeah. recording um, and it's I mean they're, they're nice songs or whatever but like yeah they do sound totally different yeah. across um, both versions yeah. um, but like I just kind of want to cycle through those leads for a second <laughs> because it's such like for a, a made for TV film that's a big cast it's a big cast. It's like a Wes Anderson type cast, but for yeah, a film. <laughs> like truly, <laughs> yeah. and particularly like you know, I think so. It's um, I think it was like Disney in association with yeah. Whitney Houston's production company. Yeah, because the first thing you see after all the Disney malarkey is like yeah. Whitney Houston and something something Studios. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so she was like a producer on it. Yeah. And apparently she was originally supposed to play Cinderella, and then she was like, no, I feel like it shouldn't be me. I should be the godmother, and so she yeah. handpicked Brandy. Wow. When Whitney calls, you answer. I know. And she's <laughs> so young, yeah. Brandy. She's like a baby, baby, baby. There's something so unusual about her kind of presence, isn't there, mm. Brandy? It's like, not you, can, you can't quite... I can't quite quantify it. It's kind of ethereal. Mm. It's kind of breathy. Um, but like her... I loved Moesha. Yeah. Um, even though, like, I felt like her dad would just always have to go at her. He was, like, a terrible person. <laughs> That's the easiest way to put it. She was always grounded, Moesha. Yeah. yeah. And it was, um, I don't know if the programming was the same in England as it was in Ireland, but it was like, Moesha was the last thing Nickelodeon would show at night before oh. it became the Paramount channel. Okay. Oh, interesting. So it was like, that was, that was the, where it was in the schedule almost showed you like, oh, slightly more grown up themes are happening. Yeah. She's a slightly <laughs> older teenager, but there's always this thing about Moesha where she was like, and Sash Brandy, which to me, they're the same. Yeah. Um, where she, there's a very, there's a self-possession yeah. and there's a stillness and a calmness mm. that almost reminds you of like Lauren Hill in the Sister Act 2 yeah. movie it's the same sort of like energy just gathering around yeah. them in a very still way yeah so like what's your favourite bit <laughs> ooh that's a good question do you know what this is maybe just like because it's a thirst trap yeah that's actually one of the first scenes where you see them in Brandy and the Prince um, in the like, the square and he's wearing this like open red shirt yeah <laughs> And when I watched it yesterday again, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Like, And then the song they sing and also the fact that they're singing, I think it's like the sweetest sound, that song. And they're singing it, but they're kind of like singing different verses of it um, at separate times. And then you kind of get that mirroring of it when they finally get together at the ball and they're mm. singing it in the gardens. And A, it was so, A, I guess my first, my favourite bit is seeing him in that red shirt, which is really nice. Um, but then also... The prince is having a ball song because mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> everything they do, and then there's a there's a bit in that song where it kind of goes big band and they're like dancing on these um, 
barrels. Um, and when he's reading out the list of everything and he's got the different kinds of cheese that he talks about. And I was like, this is so good. And it's just Jason Alexander in his element. Um, it's just fantastic. Every single part of it is my favourite part, um, to be perfectly honest. And also there's the bit when he's, the prince is trying to explain to his mother, Whoopi Goldberg, um, that he doesn't want a ball. And she's like making this weird squeaky noise. It's like a squirrel <laughs> noise. <laughs> But you know exactly what she's saying. Is she squeaking? Yeah. <laughs> she's like pleading. Every squeak has its own sort of intonation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's just so good. And then also, sorry, there are like thousands of things I love. Also, I think the way that Brandy kind of sing song talks in the... Yeah. Because when she's talking to the French face, oh, I don't know if I would do this. Da, da, da. Like you can tell that she's kind of, she's really embodying like musical Cinderella princess. Yeah. Um, and I, it's kind of stupid, but I also love that she does that because it it's, works it's, perfectly for the film. There's like something, there's many kind of, it, it, the film is kind of stupid in like a lovely way, <laughs> yeah. but it also, there's just so many strong choices yeah. happening from every performance. Someone's like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it 110%. <laughs> You're right. The way she delivers her lines is like, like how you would imagine someone being a princess. Yeah. And, da, 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 da. Yeah. and it doesn't always work, but it always <laughs> But it's always interesting. It always it does its job. It does its job. Um, yeah, I just I love that about it. And also the sisters, um, because they are hilariously ridiculous. And I feel like it's so hard to top them because I know there have been a bunch of other Cinderella adaptations mm-hmm. since. Um, but the thing about a like the itching that one of the sisters has, I love that. And then the laughing that the other one has, and where she likes snorting, and I was like, I love that because I snort sometimes when I laugh. I'm Queen so, Snort, so, man. It's so, so, like yeah. I love this. Um, and the song they're singing where they're following around the garden they're like if I could get a little closer I could pull her, pull out all her hair and like it's actually getting a bit violent but they're singing it in such a nice way it just sounds it's, hilarious it's just so panto isn't it <laughs> yeah. like it's so rare that you watch a film that like it's it's famously so hard to get the like stage musical mm. translated onto um, you know into, into film or whatever yeah. and it often just doesn't work yeah. um, and I think the the best way it works usually if there's something slightly unreal mm. going on anyway. Mm. When they try and do a straight, like, here are normal people and then they're bursting into song. Yeah. Um, it doesn't tend to work. But the, the fact that everything starts from the sort of storybook thing and yeah. every, all the performances are so panto. Those sisters are so big. Yeah. The itching is so much. <laughs> and like, it's just, so, and like, their songs are so good. It's so good. They're like, I don't, it's just so funny to me when they're like, when, when first of all, when, Brandy sh- shows up at the ball and it's like, or Cinderella rather, um, and she's not wearing a mask or anything. She it's, looks. It's the Hannah Montana of it all. It's such a Hannah Montana <laughs> Cinderella transformation. Because even in the beginning, the prince is just wearing a red shirt. His face is exactly the same. And also, he's the prince. <laughs> Would you not know what he looks like? It's so stupid. And there's also the bit at the end where like, it's just like plot holes that as I'm older, I, I realise so yeah. much. A, if everything turns to like ash and dust or goes back to whatever it was, why doesn't her glass slipper turn to ash and dust? Also, how is she able to run with only one shoe from the top of that hill all the way back home before her sisters and her mum do? It doesn't make sense. There's so much by it that doesn't make any sense, but that's why it's just so good because it's not meant to make sense. It's not meant to. But like, I do think Cinderella is... Um, would you say that of all the fairy tales, it's like the biggest one like can we can you can you rank the popularity of Ooh. of fairy tales and is cinderella the most famous is is cinderella the beatles of fairy tales <laughs> maybe but in in the 21st century you would have to put shrek in there cuz shrek is technically a fairy tale because shrek has that perfect blend of children humor and adult humor yeah. and there are so many one liners from shrek that you can quote just like that yeah yeah um and also it just has an iconic cast as well, like in the same way. So I would I would have to put those two on par because I think Cinderella's probably the one that everybody's heard of, the one that everybody knows. So not everybody yeah. would have seen Shrek, but everybody's probably seen a version of Cinderella. I was thinking about that. Everyone has their own version. Yeah. Obviously there's the sixties animation. Yeah. Um for you for you it's this. For me it was um Ever After with Drew Barrymore mm. and Angelica Houston. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I just and then there was the one with Kenneth Branagh, yeah. um, or that he directed Lily, recently. Lily James, and Richard Madden. Yes, and I think Helena Bonham Carter was the godmother. I think I think it was Kate Blanchett. No, she was the evil stepmother. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who the sisters were though, which isn't a good sign. But it's, <laughs> it's 
not a good sign. And and like even that sort of um, the template, you know, people often call Pretty Woman a, a Cinderella story. Yeah. And even just the phrase, a Cinderella story. The film, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray. There's something about, you know, I think I think there's, there's fairy tales that are interesting because they're just constantly sort of elastic and we sort of reshape them mm. again and again and again. Yeah. And, and there was definitely a spate a few years ago that I now find a bit cringe of like, uh, the feminist retellings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which obviously was trying to do the Angela Carter thing. But yeah. it's like, what if, what if Rapunzel was a, a, a she-e-o? <laughs> she-e-o! Oh my God. <laughs> um, but it's, I, I do find it fascinating that we just will never get tired yeah. of these stories. And they just are these endless things. And I think like the thing of when you're a little girl and you want to be put upon, mm. you like, you so want like somebody to make you sweep. <laughs> like, force. You can have your like Phoenix from the Ashes moment or something. Yeah. You don't want to clean your room, but you really romanticize sweeping. like sweeping. <laughs> so true. Why do we do that? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Just the, the persecution narrative of it all. Yeah. And I do admire how every modern version, because like, I think uh, there's definitely been this like redressing in, in fairy tales. And that's why we're getting the Rapunzel, who's a CEO mm. situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, in that, like getting these um, characters who are, passive women and things just sort of happen to them and mm. blah 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 mm. um, and then every version of Cinderella tries to do a version of it where it's like oh no like you know the prince liked her even before yeah 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 that's so true it's always like the prince is having a day off somewhere and he met her and they had a time and that was before the balls so actually they it's chemistry it's not just um, but then he didn't recognise her because she had so much makeup on so much makeup on and, and she didn't realise that he was the prince lol yeah <laughs> It's just, it's so funny to me. And they're just like, the way they meet in the first like 45 seconds. Yeah. And it's like, wow. <laughs> it is so silly. Honestly, the fact that you use the word pantomime just makes so much sense to me now thinking about it. It is such a big pantomime. Um, it's just with without the, oh, oh no, she won't. Oh, yes, she will. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just without that, which I love because I hate the, oh, no, she won't. No, yes, she wills. Um, no shade to people who love pantomimes. <laughs> but um, it is just a big ball of ridiculous. Um and I think also they, they kind of play into that a little bit with moments where like Whitney Houston first appears and she's trying to do her rhymes and she's like, fall the world and fiddly dee, fiddly yeah. fa-. And she's like, she can't come up with a rhyme. And Brandy's like, mm, are you okay? I don't know if this is really your gig that you should be doing. Um, or they try to make fun of like how old Fairy Godmothers are supposed to be because Whitney Houston's like trying to make the pumpkin into a carriage. Mm-hmm. And she's like, God, you think after 600 years? And you're like... What? 600 years? So like I didn't realise fairy godmothers had to be like ancient in order to be fairy godmothers. It just slip in all this random stuff. Um, and the fact that like, oh, he's going to dance with all the eligible women in the kingdom. And it's like, and it's also like one the day after they announce it, who's got time to get stuff prepared? What the heck? I would need at least a few weeks. I need to go shopping. I'd need to figure out who's going to do oh, my yeah. hair, get the nails done, get the toast done. <laughs> like... A whole production goes there, but it's like, oh yeah, it's happening tomorrow. Like, excuse me, which vendors are going to drop all their existing which, clients yeah, exactly. to go and do this ball? Like, it's so ridiculous, but they just make you forget the ridiculous which vendors. <laughs> I'm I'm currently bridesmaid for my cousin's wedding, so it's like all in my mind. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm currently planning my own wedding. So <gasps> exciting, yeah. yeah. But it's vendors, vendors of yeah. the yin yang, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and you'd imagine that they'd probably do the, the King and Queen's one for free because it's the King and Queen, so it's like exposure. But then they have to drop all the other poor people who've like paid for them to do their their weddings or whatever. What if you were getting married the day that you the have seen this a lot? <laughs> what if you were going to get married the day they were doing the ball and now you have to cancel because your vendor's like, sorry, mate, can't do it. And all so right. like all the other vendors. And your tailor's like, sorry, babes, I'm making dresses for like 900 women for the ball. I don't have time oh to God. make your wedding dress anymore. Those dresses warmed my heart so much <laughs> the colour palettes all the purples and the blues the purple it was just so because like um, it's really hard to look at this movie and understand how much money they spent on it yeah <laughs> because at some point you're like oh it's pretty cheap and yeah. some parts you're like wow what a like, lushly orchestrated and the choreographing in that ball scene mm, in particular amazing it's so it, it's just so ambitious for a TV movie yeah. as well because like you know those are notoriously quite low rent yeah. and this ended up sort of um breaking all records mm. for like VHS purchases for a TV movie <laughs> yeah or yeah exactly <laughs> um and you watch that choreographed scene where it's like 
it's done really well. Mm. Like it's the thing of um, you know, he has to dance with absolutely every single one of them, and he's sort of bored by it, and it's so formulaic, and kind of picking up and turning around, and the the sisters trying to infiltrate and yeah. get their turn quicker. It's just really like a review I read of this, which I thought was very uh, <laughs> good. Uh, was um, the title was bewildering, but but ultimately winning. <laughs> That's bewildering, but ultimately winning. (laughs) Um, But when they're wearing those dresses, it's just so like, like community theatre. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, the dressing up box at your school's like theatre, like tiny little theatre department or whatever. And it was just like these boxes are like, just like sort of crinkly gowns. Yeah. Yeah. Another fun fact, um, the same costume designer for this did Bridgerton. Wow. So they, whoever they are, they've leveled up. That is a straight line. That is so cool. Mm. I haven't seen a bunch of, a lot of Bridgerton, but obviously I know the vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, But like, that's really cool. Mm. That like somebody, somebody's like vision and somebody's like taste and like what they saw for that kind of thing was so there Mm. in 1997. And then like that could only reach its... Copy but with a bit more money. (laughs) With a lot more money. Because it's it's the same thing. It's the sort of... um, the pinks and the purples and the beautiful soft colours yeah. and the gowns and it's such a specific thing. Yeah. It was just like toned down for Bridgerton to make it feel a bit more realistic because it's not so magical, obviously. Yeah. But when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes a lot of sense. That's so cool. Yeah. And has Shonda cited it at all? I don't know, maybe. Maybe she's working on her other her new Cinderella <laughs> That would be very her. That would be very her. Be very her. Shonda, if you're listening and you didn't have that idea already, I've given it to you and I'd be willing to collaborate. <laughs> you're up for it. Um, but you, you mentioned that like earlier on when you were you and your sister were watching it and being obsessed with it, um, that like of course because you're children, like yeah. you, the representation thing would never occur to you. Yeah. Like, and it, I, it made me think as well that like how culture does the same thing mm. every five or six years <laughs> and pretends like it's, it's new <laughs> and it's so depressed. Like, there's, like, like the, the the stuff that's going on with, like, um, The Little Mermaid mm. and all that, as you brought up in your email to me, like, um, how it's acting, this is the first time we've even thought oh about God. having a black woman <laughs> be an imaginary character. <laughs> and it's like, we were doing this. Ages ago. Ages ago. But I think a lot, I don't know whether it's because the media cycle is very different now. Mm. Because when I think of like the TV I watched growing up, like, you know, it was very diverse or whatever. It was like Keenan and Kel and Sister Sister and Moesha and like even the animation stuff like Hey Arnold Mm. was like, you know, it was was like kids in a city and, you know, they were from all different backgrounds. And now I feel like whenever anyone makes a move to do anything. I remember even like Bridgerton mm. and Hamilton. Mm. Every single time, it's like some fucking Telegraph columnist <laughs> who's got, like, it's like, oh, my dog didn't go to the vet this week, so I need something to write about. Um, and it's all often like, I don't know. I don't know about this. And then that just gets cycled yeah. around. And then and it's like, well, the guy over at the Telegraph said he didn't know about yeah. it. So this girl over at the Independent is going to say that she does know about it. And then maybe somebody over at the Guardian didn't quite like the independent girl's turn of phrase and suddenly we have this conversation bubble about like well I don't know about this mermaid yeah and then it filters down to a public who are on their phone all fucking day (laughs) and they're and like if they if this had happened and there was no reporting on it they wouldn't have thought about it at all because ultimately it's children's content and and we weren't reporting on Keenan and Kel and we weren't reporting it because like that was like grown ups were doing grown up things in a different grown up (laughs) corner but now all the media is coming together because it's not like sorry, this is like a separate rant almost. <laughs> no, I, I, I do apologize. It. <laughs> it's like there used to be, you know, magazines for young people yeah. <laughs> and newspapers for grown ups. <laughs> and then there was websites for young people and websites for grown ups. And then all those websites went away and we just have the main newspapers mm. and uh TikTok mm. and Twitter mm. and Instagram and all of people of all the same age are in those final three places. And so grown-ups are watching conversations or getting involved in conversations with young people that they have no business in. <laughs> Caroline said old people get out. <laughs> Get out. Like every so often someone will be like, the young people on TikTok are doing this. And it's like, 
get arrested. <laughs> do you mean get arrested? Why are you watching them? <laughs> I think also there's there's something potentially, and I could be wrong, in that back in those days when people were doing stuff like that, it was either like they were carving their own space out. Yeah. And so it was like, this is Keenan and Kel, this is a majority, majority, a majority black cast, or um, this is Moesha, this is a majority black cast, or Girlfriends, or whatever it was. Um, so it didn't, and also the people weren't shouting about it in their marketing, but I think now we've become a very much a virtue signaling society. Yeah. So it's like, this is the first black mermaid. Da, da, da. And it's like, cool, it's cool. But also like, I see black people everywhere. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like a big, it's not, it is a big deal for, for a lot of people who maybe haven't seen themselves. But um, for most of us, it's not. So when, you know, a lot of these right wing or people who just decide they need to be annoyed one day, they yeah. read this stuff or they find out about it. They're like, oh my gosh, why are they doing this? You know, then in which case, let's yeah. cast a white person as Rosa Parks. And you're like, well, no. <laughs> No, we shouldn't that do that, should same. we? It's just, it's just not the same thing. <laughs> um, and I think also there's some people just, people just like to be annoyed. Um, and I think that's deeply concerning. But also just like be annoyed by yourself, by, like yeah. quietly without the internet. You know, um, people don't need to hear your every single thought. Um, and also, yeah, I think people just weren't so people just weren't so interested in like the marketing. Like this is the first black Cinderella. Yeah. This is the first black. You know, they were just like because crucially, grown ups were grown ups then. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, some of them. Some of them. But that is something I miss. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll return to it, maybe, maybe not. Unless the internet like breaks down. Yeah, I think here's what I think. They're gonna turn it off. There's one big red button. Something's gonna happen and they're gonna turn it off, I think. It's gonna be like you know how like at the beginning of COVID, how it was like, Oh guys, maybe stay in if you feel like it. Yeah. And then it was like, Okay, well we're definitely closing the pubs. And we were like what? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I remember that morning where it was like, we can't, I can't have my friend over for dinner. Are you fucking serious? And then it was like, no, no friends ever again. I think that's what's going to happen to the internet. Really? Yeah. That would be, that would be um, deeply shocking and disappointing. Um, I hate to admit it. Well, I don't because everyone's like this. I rely heavily on the internet for like everything. Um, oh yeah, you can't function in a modern society without yeah. it. Yeah. Ask me to read a map. What? What is that? What's what a map? That? I know. <laughs> I failed orienteering in school for a reason. I need Google Maps. Imagine. <laughs> I need someone to tell me where to go. So, but then I guess, but then the problem is we'd have to talk to each other. <laughs> and then we'd figure out that we really don't like each other that much. We, yeah, we would. We would find that out. We'd find out we didn't like each other and that we don't care who's a mermaid. Exactly. Literally nobody cares. It's like, oh, you don't actually care? No. So why did you, tw- I, the I internet, it's I there. I just thought I should, you know. Okay, cool. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's a thing of like I think I should. I thought I should. People seem to be talking, so mm. I thought I should come down one way or another. Somebody said to me yesterday that they were going to see a little life, the play, having not read the book. Okay, um, just because they knew that people were going to be talking about it and they wanted to go, and I was like, I think that you should not have done that because you will come out devastated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. yeah, but people, I think people do do that thing where they're like, "Oh, people are going to be talking about it," so I feel like I should say something. And actually, there's so much power in being quiet. It's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. Cinderella learns business, that. Exactly. You know. Um, Tell you what, that Bernadette Peters, she's really doing it. She, oh my god! Like, there's a bit where, and I also think that, like, obviously, I haven't seen the Rodgers and Hammerstein play. It's based on, but it feels like they they had to like it's probably one of those. Les Mis musicals mm. where it's like no dialogue yeah. all song yeah. and they were like this is a thing for kids we need some dialogue <laughs> to guide them you know yeah. so the dialogue feels very written by Disney mm. or by whoever mm. um, and the music feels very a music a, a, an operatic musical yeah. for grown ups which is why sometimes it feels like the comedy choices are so comedy mm. but then the music feels really serious yeah. like so it's so interesting and it's like um, there's a bit where Brenda Peters turns to Brandy and she's like, uh, oh, oh, Cinderella, you shouldn't dwell on the past. It's unattractive. <gasps> oh my God, I remember that. I was watching it. Oh, I was like, that's so rude. But she's kind of right. <laughs> it is unattractive. Not, not even about the unattractive thing. It's like, if you dwell on it too much, she's going to get sucked into it, you know. Um, but the bits I find really savage, you know how in every Disney film, someone's parents got to be dead, which I just yeah. feel like we need to stop this. Um, yeah. It is relatable to a lot of people, but also, it's just really sad. That's um, so many people. Like, if you were an alien and you, like, absorbed human content, you'd be yeah. like, wow, I guess a lot of people lose both their uh, yeah, parents exactly. at young ages. Like, not that many, yeah. actually. Like, it's Probably, like, less than 3%. Very depressing. It's a really weird plot line that people just seem to use. 
Um, but she's like, oh, but my father. And then Benedict Peters like, your father was weak. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my God, God, he's dead. Please be nice to her. <laughs> your father was weak. He spoiled you and he filled <laughs> yeah. your head full of fantasy. Oh, I'm sorry. How did you only watch your sister? You have like the lines like this. I know. I did something about how my brain works. <laughs> I don't amazing. know. I don't know my husband to be his phone number, but I remember most of the lines of dialogue from this film. <laughs> The only phone numbers I know, I think, are my mum, my dad, and my sister. That's it. So yeah, and my certain, own. That's after a certain it. point, you cannot memorize. It's just memories. too many. It's just too many numbers, and I have to re- memorize like passwords and dates of things. I don't. I don't have the energy for it. I can't no. do it. <laughs> and no one's forcing you. <laughs> exactly, which is true. <laughs> so, um, when you did you like act this out with your sister then? No, <laughs> no, no. Although we did have a um. We had like a, in my room, which was the biggest room in the our first house, um, I did have like a draining cupboard, not draining cupboard, what were they called? Like a washroom cupboard or something where we'd put like clothes when they needed to dry, basically. Uh, the utility room it's called in Ireland. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't, the washing machine and stuff wasn't in there. The washing machine and stuff was like in the kitchen. Okay. Um, but so it was just a room and we put, it was like a hot room. I think it was like a heater in there. And so we put like uh, the stands with the clothes in there. Yeah. What we would do is go into that room and then come out and pretend we were from a different time. <laughs> that... <laughs> Is so important. <laughs> we, we pretended it was a time machine. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And it was really fun. We had a lot of fun in that house. Um, those, those were the good old Coming days. out of a room <laughs> and you've gone back in time. I think sometimes we'd come out, it was like Henry VIII. See, we, we, I was going to say, we didn't see race either, but that's a terrible thing to say. But at that time, when we were that young, we really, like, we would notice, like, some friends, but, like, apart from that, we were just like, eh, everyone's the same. Um, yeah. But we would come out as Henry VIII. We'd come out as whoever we could possibly think of. <laughs> I guess it was related to whatever we were learning in school or something like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's... We didn't act it out. I think we realised we didn't have the, the lung capacity to sing the way that they were singing in that. Um, and... I think we probably did pray princes and something with maybe like our Barbie dolls or something like that, but yeah. but not that exact one because that one is just whenever we thought of it, we just went to watch it um, because we knew we were like we can't replicate this. We just need to go okay. and see the real thing um, and watch Whitney be Whitney and Brandy be Brandy and everybody be everybody. And what was your like? What was your knowledge of Whitney when you were that young as well? I think I just knew she was like a really good singer. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really knew that much because I was like I was three um, when we first watched it, so I don't think I knew. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Much about her, but I think I just knew she was a good singer. I think maybe my parents would sometimes play her music, but not very much. Um, but I knew she was a good singer. Like, I recognised her face. I don't know how or why, but I think I just knew that yeah. was her face. Maybe I'd seen it in, like, the newspaper or something. And I was like, oh, she's she's a person. She's, like, important. Um, and then seeing Brandy, and then later on seeing her emotion, I was like, I know, that's Cinderella. Like, I put the two and two together. Yeah. Um, it's like... It's so, I hate that Whitney Houston's, like, film career is so short. Because whenever you see her, it's like, because we did a Bodyguard episode last year. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Like, She's she was great. I'm yeah. sorry. R.I.P. It, it's so sad. Like, it really it's makes so me sad, sad when I think about the fact that she's just not around anymore. And we're like, she is one of the most incredible vocalists ever. And... No one can even like replicate her tone, like the way she sings, the way her she talks. runs in that when she sings. Oh, like, and they're not like she's not given the most incredible songs. Yeah, yeah. But like the I think the better songs are probably given to the sis- stepsisters yeah. and to Brandy yeah. herself, the love songs yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's kind of the kind of like silly little filler songs, mm. but like wow, you she are, does the most with them. She does the most, and I also I love uh, to go back to the point that like um. Uh, they were trying to write around a very classical format. Yeah. It was like there's these bits where she's like, you know, 
uh, Cinderella, nothing was ever stopping you from going to the ball. Yeah. You know, it was all about you. Yeah. And kind of writing around this like very lovely message where it's like, <laughs> well, she didn't have anything to wear. <laughs> She couldn't get there. If the if the ball had been like you know announced a few weeks ago, you could have been sewing your own dress. Like you really need to just make better use of your time. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's so good. And I love the bits where also they're on they're singing that um, they're singing impossible, but they're now saying it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. And she's riding to the ball, and Whitney's like on the side of the carriage, and then she's inside the carriage, and Brandy's like, "Where did you come from?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just so good and how the magic is done as well is so like 90s graphics yes. it's it made me smile so much it's, it's so like good. random little like squirrels, squirrels. yeah <laughs> funny like when the when she does eventually get the pumpkin to turn into the carriage i was like i think you did this with paint <laughs> like it's so it's agonizingly slow watching that transformation happen but it's it's so beautiful because it shows how little we needed for our imaginations to just yeah. like absorb those kinds of things like we didn't need all the as great as it is or like the avatar cgi or anything we just needed yeah. to know that this turns into this and we don't know the mechanics of magic nobody does it just happens and it's beautiful and then she's in the carriage and it's lovely the one thing i did think um though when i was watching it, i was like could you not have like painted the carriage white it just Orange pumpkin carriage it vibes is a little bit weird. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have questions for the budget around yeah. that. That's one of the parts where I was like, ooh, the budget though. <laughs> but then I'm like, then I see all this lush orchestration and I'm like, yeah. but the budget though. Yeah. And the cast. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe sure. that's where a lot of it went, like the costumes and the cast. I would love to know how they got most of those people in. Maybe I, it was Whitney. Maybe it was Whitney. And she's like, I'm just going to call my pals. And for some reason, maybe there's a secret friendship between Jason Alexander and Whitney Houston that we don't know about and we need to know. Oh, I'd like that. That would have been beautiful. I would have loved to know what that was about. Because he's he's such a weird figure, isn't he? Because obviously he's Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And like, I think he's still from that era of like sitcom acting where it's like literally hundreds of episodes of him exist as this character. Yeah. The... TV show is like broadcast everywhere, serialized everywhere <laughs> yeah. on every channel. So it is literally impossible for your frail human brain <laughs> to imagine that character as yeah. somebody, or that, that man as somebody yeah. else. And in, that's why it's so disturbing mm. in Pretty Woman, where it's like, did the guy from Seinfeld just rape Julia Roberts? Yes. And also, it's also because of the way, uh, when I think about that scene in the film where he's like touching her leg and he uses like two fingers to do it. And I'm like, yeah, it's so gross. So when he does it so well, obviously, but I'm just like, that's so grim. Yeah, it's like, why is George Costanza doing that? (laughs) So nasty. And is he in, um, unless I'm mixing him up, which is terrible, is he in Shallow Hal? He has a tail. He has a tail in, in Shallow Hal. That really upset me. That that tail scene in Shallow Hal. Super gross. Like I remember for years, whenever I went to the loo, I would just feel my <laughs> tailbone. Do I die? Like, I was like, that feels like something that would happen right? to me. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's had a really interesting career. Like, he loves to play the weirdest, almost unlikable people. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the two. And then he's so good in yeah. that, and he's like. He's kind of doing that accent that like your dad would do if he yeah. was just trying to make you laugh for telling a story. It's like not really an accent. It's yes. just like misc European. It's like ah yes, maybe if the prince yeah. would like to do this. It's like what? That's such a good. It's just middle aged man silly voice for yeah. his kids, and it's just it's a whole genre. It's not an ethnicity. Yeah. It's just a genre of voice. And even like Bernadette Peters, because at times she sounds a bit British, and I'm like is this just your voice or is or I don't know like do you have an accent that's a bit confused I don't know because someone should be like she'll be talking and then she'll suddenly sound really British and I'm like what's going on here where are yeah. you from yeah <laughs> but I think maybe that's just her Broadwayness like come to come to play so I I felt very embarrassed because like this is an admission of guilt <laughs> I have got like um, a, f- a few friends who are either theatre people mm. or who are American people mm-hmm. uh, or American people into theatre <laughs> yeah. And um, whenever they're like, oh, my God, Bernadette Peters, I'm like, oh, my God, Bernadette Peters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've never seen her in anything. I I, I know that she's like a big yeah, Tony Award winning yeah. big lady. And like, I know her face mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never actually known why Bernadette Peters was Bernadette Peters until <laughs> last night. Yeah. So I'm so glad I can stop faking it. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, Yeah. Cinderella. (laughs) Cinderella. But she's Cinderella. She's so funny. Yeah. Like, I do think that, like, her and Whoopi 
are the sort of two tentpoles holding up everything else. Yeah. Because, like, I think, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know if Brandy's acting is all the way there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much she'd been in by that time, to be fair. She was so young. Yeah, she was literally a baby. But, like, I think she was just, like, one of these kids that you hear about. She was just, like, unbelievably driven from, like, day dot. Yeah. She was like, I am a star. I'm going to be big. And her parents were like, yes. That's true. You and your brother. Yeah. In different ways. (laughs) In very different ways. (laughs) It's so weird that. For the people who don't know, explain who Ray J is. Ray J is um, a really interesting guy. No, he's also a singer and an actor. Um, who is who is uh, Brandy's brother? Mm-hmm. Who, um, in a full circle moment, dated Whitney Houston just before she died. What? Yeah, I did not know that. Celebrities are super incestual. They actually don't want to date anybody who's not been dated by somebody else they don't know or who doesn't know somebody they don't know. Which I kind of get. Yeah. You're like, you want someone who's going to keep it like. But it kind of reminds me, like in school, when like some girls. Well, like, would, Ray like... J would have come to that set. Probably, maybe. Wow. Yeah. It's weird. And that's her younger brother. Yeah. And and so and he was like famously yeah. in the Kim Kardashian sex tape. Yeah. And that's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's connected. Everybody. Everybody's connected. I mean, Brandy's related to Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, Snoop is related to Kim. Okay. And guess what Snoop Dogg did? He was in, he and his family were in a campaign for Kim Kardashian's brand skims. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Wow. Which means there's also a really weird link between... Which means that Whitney Houston and Kim Kardashian dated the same person. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so weird. That's so weird. I've just clocked that in my mind. Imagine knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And there's a thing about Snoop Dogg that always goes around that he was um he was Cameron, Cameron Diaz's weed, weed dealer. <laughs> I fully believe that. I fully I can believe see that. the whole interaction happening. <laughs> I can see the whole thing. Um, back to this film. The thing is, is that this is a lovely, charming film. But like, because it's like, it's hard to get into the like, the nuts and bolts. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's just also all yeah. there. It's there other thing. Um, what did that? What did her dress and her transformation mean to you when you were a kid? At the time, her dress. Whoa! Amazing! Fantastic! Yeah. Now could have done a bit better. Could have done a bit better. Um, It's all just prom dresses. Yeah, basically. Um, And I don't like the little, like, hip wings that they put on the dress. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. Sorry to the costume designer, but whatever those are. I'm I'm not a fan of those, personally. Um, Something that forever mesmerises me is her hair. How they do... Skinny, skinny, skinny braids, yeah. What I love is that... um, when they made her up for the dress, they didn't then like straighten her hair or like mm-hmm. make her hair into something or put a wig on her. I mean, maybe they did, but maybe it was like a braided wig. Um, but the fact that they like curled the... At the time, I didn't really do curled braids. I just kind of did like straight braids or whatever, or like my, mm-hmm. my hair was like plaited back. So to see her with like the intricate curls and like those updos yeah. that you see women wear with like the curls coming down, I was like, oh my gosh, that is incredible. That, is incredible. I, that was like my favourite part of it when I watched it the first time. Um I thought Whitney Houston's dress was better than Brandy's dress. Gold. <laughs> yeah. It was a good dress. It's a really good dress. Um, I actually think I even thought that Bernadette Peters' dress, like nowadays, I think that was better than Brandy's dress. Like it was nice because she turned up and very randomly, being late one there, they just suddenly turned the lights on her when she came in. <laughs> but, but the thing about like the dresses, like looking back and seeing that they're kind of they're a bit mm, kind mm. of whatever <laughs> and uh, and you can see that the vision was there but the budget probably wasn't yeah, and yeah. also I mean I credit to like there's so many extras for, such, for a small TV movie yeah. it's not small but like it's a TV movie yeah. there's so many extras it's a lot of people to dress it's mm. a lot of continuity it's like I really have respect for that and like fittings and all kinds of stuff yeah so the, the budget hadn't matched up to the vision yet and yeah. you can see that and I admire that because they are prom dresses yeah. but I do think as well and even though I didn't watch this movie when I was a child, I think, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, children and filters and mm. Instagram filters and all that kind of stuff. I think there exists in the human psyche a child filter mm. where, like, with your child eyes, yeah. even though you could be looking at something a bit like ratchet and, <laughs> and like, whatever, you just see this. It's almost like Vaseline on the lens. You're just like, yeah. I see, it's so sparkly and lovely yeah, yeah. and just like, yeah. Like, I remember thinking like the Princess Bride was the most... Oh. Like she was the most beautiful. Oh, 
beautiful person yeah. and like that that movie was so and it, that movie is kind of epic and lovely but yeah. also it it's cheap looking yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah like her outfits are cheap yeah that palace does not look does not really feel like a real yeah. palace you know what I mean it's um but there's I don't know I, I just I agree I think we do have that sort of like childlike lens um and the things I think I mean I think they do change now and then but that potentially carries over that never sort of goes away with the childlike lens is us like finding cartoons attractive like thinking yeah. that the prince in no I think about it the prince in the uh, 60s version the like, animated version of Cinderella was not attractive sorry no sorry yeah to that he's man. bottom of every list Eric is very attractive um Eric's attractive Tarzan, like now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, I love this. Okay, um, are you Hercules? Yes, attractive. Um, the prince in the Prince and the Frog. Yes, attractive. Yes. Um, the prince in Sleeping Beauty. He just kind of looks like the prince in The Little Mermaid. So I don't know. Uh huh. I I find I find Prince it's Prince Eric, isn't it? In the Little prince Mermaid. Prince Eric. Yeah. I find him attractive, but I'm not sure if. I don't know because I feel like they just copied and pasted. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big John Smith guy. He had the long hair, right? The long hair, yeah. uh, and which is obviously very problematic because he was voiced by Mel Gibson. But that was my first. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's difficult. Wow. I just bloody love Pocahontas. So much. <laughs> it is very good. <laughs> you think I'm an ignorant savage? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and like I don't know what about it was that like he's she he's just like show, she's showing him nature mm. and he's like wow I was wrong about everything. <laughs> like, yeah, just, well done. Okay. Just, a, a, a man just like like following a woman around the woods while she explains woods to him and he goes yeah I was wrong about everything. And like what a fantasy. <laughs> oh, oh, Aladdin. Aladdin's fit. But then now, what I think of is he's actually quite young. So I don't think I should be yeah. doing that anymore. <laughs> I don't think I should lust after that drawing in quite the same way yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did feel a lot of feelings for Aladdin. Yeah. I felt weirder feelings for the scene at the end of Aladdin when Jasmine is in the red outfit with gold uh, bondage cuffs on and she's drowning in the sand oh. in the hourglass. And Jafar is like, her, she's like, it's like, keeping her prisoner I just got very like I was like I'm going to watch the scene again and I'm going to watch it again after that and I'm not going to tell anyone she looked good she looked she good she looked good but also just the kind of the sadomasochism of what was happening was yeah. just very like hello <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll break off a bit of this All right, now we're cycling through all the Disney. <laughs> we don't talk about Disney very much on this podcast, so it's kind of like it's fun to sort of park ourselves yeah, yeah. in it for a minute. Um, Mulan was a big one for me. Oh, no, okay, so that was a man. That was a man. That was man. a man. Because all the other ones are kind of like skinny and flimsy and whatever, but yeah. he was like a man, man. He was and a man I was of like, war. I was like, yes to you, yes please. Yes, to- and like, and it's still age appropriate. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that is a that is a grown man. Yeah, and uh, and also it's just there's a whole kind of like a bisexual gendered thing yeah, yeah, going yeah. on where it's like they get really close when he thinks Mulan's a boy yeah. but also there's all these bits of him just being like hmm, <laughs> hmm. it's like do you Something. think do you think you're gay right now? <laughs> do you think you're gay? Are you questioning things? <laughs> it's hard if you do. <laughs> yeah there's just there's, there's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of sex sex feelings <laughs> yes. uh, left over from my youth. Um, oh, good. Well, have we have we have we gone through all of them now? The one film in which there are no hot princes, um, Shrek. You love Shrek. I do love Shrek. Shrek is iconic. <laughs> um, there are just so many great one-liners in there. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy steals the show in Shrek. I know. Did and he get Mulan. his own? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did yeah. he get his own um, donkey movie? I don't think he did. He should have one. He they did Puss in Boots, but they didn't do Donkey. I saw something recently that said that um, Donkey was Shrek's manic pixie dream girl. Because <laughs> yes. he, he's just like the sort of like, come on, like, <laughs> let's live your life. Don't be grumpy. Doesn't have much of an internal life of his own. He's just there to sort of like, fa- so the, the, the grumpy man finds inspiration. It's just like the line where he's like, can I come with you? Can I come with you, please? <laughs> It's just so good. It's just everything about that performance is amazing. It's so good. Um, who? Which other princes are there? Which other Disney films have we missed? 
There been any new ones? I don't count like all the new like Pixar-y whatever ones. I don't count. No. Those. I know I've obviously counted like the Shrek whatever, but that feels like it's old enough. To I count. remember when that movie Brave came out with the Scottish princess. Oh, her hair! It felt like the entire movie was built around her hair. <laughs> yes. I bet someone spent literal months like yeah. doing the hair in the animation studios. Yeah. Or or like they had some breakthrough in technology of yeah. like we can do curls now. Like, yeah. Great. Let's get some Scottish bitch. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Because then Moana was like yeah. another hair movie. You didn't see? I haven't seen Moana. Oh, well, you know what? It's fine. Oh. Um I went to Tahiti mm-hmm. a few years ago and um I listened to the soundtrack a lot. <laughs> And that was me engaging with the culture. Wow. <laughs> that was my, that was my um, experience. Um, but I... Okay, this is... Um, this might be a little bit too much of a hot take. I don't know. Ooh. But because it's it's coming straight out the piping hot oven of my brain because I've not thought about it at all. Um, but I'm having fun. So, But like I feel like there's been a move toward uh, not having romances at the centre yes. of yes. these movies. 100%. So... Frozen has some romance yeah. in it, but actually it's, it's like, sisterhood. it's a sisterhood, but it's also a cautionary tale about like, <laughs> yeah. don't just marry some guy that you see, which is great yeah. and I love. Brave was the same. There was no yeah. romance plot in Brave. Moana, there's no yeah. romance plot there. Coco, Soul. Yeah, no romance plots, which I appreciate. I love that. But oh. I appreciate it as like a, in a theoretical, philosophical <laughs> Hmm, let's all sit back and stroke our chins and think about the development of children. <laughs> um, I think as a as a young person I wanted romance. Yeah. Like I remember when my um my niece Robin was a little bit younger and um she is gonna be so embarrassed when I say that when <laughs> Sorry, but like Robin. she was like quite fixated on Gavin, he's my partner. Yeah. And because he was like one the one man outside of the family. Yeah. And also she's Irish and she doesn't know any English she people. Yeah, she was in oh. like and we used to go on these long walks together. It was when she was about seven or eight. Yeah. She's ten now. And she's like She's gonna hate you, yeah. I know she's gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but she would have these like agonized conversations and, and to her it was almost like she was in sense and sensibility. She was oh. like she's like, how do you think he feels about me? I was like, I don't, I don't know, I think he likes you a lot. How do you think he feels about me? Oh my god. <laughs> But she oh. would, um, even when she was even younger than that, because he's been around like her most of her life now. Yeah. Um, the she would like make us kiss. <laughs> she would like come up to us. She was like, "Do a Hollywood, do a kiss, do oh. a kiss." And he and she and he would she would make us like you know do the kind of dip me or whatever and kiss. That's so. But cute. then she would keep coming up to us again oh, and wow. again. <laughs> and Gavin was like quite new to the family, and he was like just gonna keep smooching your daughter <laughs> to please your granddaughter. <laughs> But it just reminded me of like, that's what you want to see when you're that young. But I don't think just like completely pretending like teen, like children aren't obsessed with romance is that smart or healthy. But the thing is, I wonder on the other hand, like if these films are no longer actually being made for children anymore and if they're just being made for adults. I wonder that a lot as well. Because Soul was not a film for children. No. Let's be real. No. That was a film for adults. And I I respect that because I do think animation is a is an art form for for everybody. Mm-hmm. And like Coco, I wept at Coco. I cried at Coco, and I don't cry at films ever. I was like hiccuping snot tears. It oh was just my like gosh. too much. It had so much to say about grief and death that like, I just. And then when I was in Mexico, we were at a restaurant, and they had these guys playing, and they started playing "Remember Me." <gasps> and I was like, "Because I was like, I swear, I swear, I swear, they're playing Remember Me,' right? and they're like, "Shut up!" And I, was, I can feel and then the it bubble in my and I was like, "No, they, they really are. They're playing it." And they were like, "I didn't think." And then I was like, oh, "They are." And I was like, "Guys, stop, stop eating. Put, put the things down. We just need to listen and absorb this moment." Oh, so beautiful. But no, I think, I think they're made for adults now. I think that's maybe. I mean, I think maybe it's that or to get super deep maybe they're trying yeah. to stop the early very early sexualization of children so try not, not to make them think about this I mean that's me like drawing a conclusion out of thin air but like yeah. I think they're either just making them for adults now um, or they're just trying to like move things away from that and like start or maybe they're just going through a wave and then they'll be back with a bunch of other romantic stuff in like five years time I, yeah maybe they were, yeah it's, it's interesting because you're right they don't feel like they do feel like they're for grown ups and mm-hmm. Definitely something like Soul yeah. as well. 
And Inside Out, like... Yes. Like, I I, can't, I just can't imagine a child enjoying it. Or understanding it. They're just yeah. like, yeah. They just like the songs. If they have songs in them, they're just like there for the songs and then they want you to play them over and over and yeah. over again. Um, and but, then they're like, cool, I'm done. Like, they're barely paying attention during the movies anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're asking for their toy, they're hungry, they want to sleep, they're whatever. Yeah. Like, they're not really paying that much attention. Yeah, like, definitely, like, in Canto, the song, no one talks about the plot, everyone's just like, song, 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 <laughs> song. Um, but I, uh, I wonder... Because, yeah, that does feel like for it's for us, but I wonder if, like, it's like the the kind of editing out of romantic storylines in children's uh, films is more about like comf- like making the grown ups comfortable. Because I think mm. I'm really, this is going on, we're so far away from talking about Cinderella, but it's, it's, all, it's all related. It's all related. It's all related. And we actually we talk about children's programming very seldomly on yeah. this show, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but it's more about like, um, in like I think about co- post COVID parenting a lot mm-hmm. about like you hear a lot of like older parents or like my parents often say like oh it's really sad like on our road you, there used to be like you used to look outside at like five o'clock mm. and you'd see all kids playing in the street mm. and now you look at you don't see them playing anymore but there are still kids who live on the street they yeah. just don't play together in the road mm. anymore and how sad that is yeah. I was like yeah that is sad and I and I wish there was more of that still I guess but I do think that um people are spending time together as families in ways they didn't when maybe you and I were children mm. like I obviously hung out with my siblings mm. but like in terms of like me and my siblings and my mum and my dad mm. all like playing a board game together mm. all watching a film together all going to a bowling thing together mm. or whatever that wasn't really our life and it wasn't anyone else's life either that mm. I knew but now I think I see my sister's family and they do stuff together yeah. they watch films together they play games together they go out together I think it's beautiful but I also think it's like we are making films that are almost they they look like they're for children but mm. they're catered towards an adult yeah. and I think they are more paranoid about their children being sexualized. Yeah. but I also think children are sexual well, it was so nice to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I was the last guest on your podcast. <laughs> well, it's been nice. Children can experience romantic feelings at a young age, I think is what she was trying to say. You're cancelling me on my own podcast. Oh, God. I mean, maybe we should talk about Whoopi for a bit because we obviously mm. gave her a little bit of time earlier. Mm. But I think her playing the mother in this role. Hey, actually, no, there's a first thing I need to talk about, which is a little while ago, I saw um, her doing an interview and someone was like, you don't have any eyebrows. She was like, yeah, I don't have any eyebrows. Huh. And watching the film, she does not have any eyebrows. She has like where the eyebrows go. And so when she's like making faces, you yeah. can see that that's like, she's expressive. But she doesn't have any eyebrows. <laughs> she actually doesn't. Wow, hot off the presses. <laughs> yeah. Whoopi Goldberg has no eyebrows. <laughs> And then I also remember an interview where she said, like, she doesn't want to get married. She's like, I don't want somebody in my house. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's annoying now that, like, I think most people associate her with, like, is she on The View or something? And, like, I don't know uh, how useful that conversation is. But, like, (laughs) you forget that there was just this time where, like, anything Whoopi was in was elevated to, like, an event. She was in Ghost. She was Sister Act 1, Sister Act 2. Did they make a Sister Act 3 but without her? I feel like they did, unless I've made that up. Maybe it's just me being up. triggered by how they do that with other films. <laughs> yeah, no, they would never do that. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to think of like every other film she's been in. But yeah, she's just amazing. She's just... amazing. But like, also like the colour purple, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She's in all these like, crowd-pleasing family yeah. comedies and then also this incredibly serious yeah. film. Does she have an Oscar? Does she have an yes. EGOT? she's an EGOT. <gasps> of course she's an EGOT. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg is amazing. Um, and I just love that she feels so perfectly like that role. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know obviously loads about her when I first watched it, but now like seeing it years later, I'm like this, like, and nobody else could have done it. Nobody else could have done it the way that she did it because of the high pitched sounds. Yeah. And yeah. like the way that she relates to her husband, you can tell that she's she wears a pants in the relationship. She is the relationship. She's so <laughs> comfortable in that role. Yeah. She's the king. Like exactly, she's the queen, but she's the king. Yeah. Um. And there's that lovely bit where, he, like, Victor Garber is looking at Brandy, and he's like, "If I were a younger man," <laughs> she's like, "If you were a younger man, what?" It's like, "Well, I would be like, younger." Well, okay. <laughs> he's like, "Bring it back." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just, and I also love the fact that um, 
obviously, this, I don't know if this was in the script before they uh, cast um, Whoopi Goldberg, but when uh, Jason Alexander is in in the streets and he's reading out the list of everything, and he's like, the son of da 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 something something something, and then she, he's like, son of, and he, instead of saying the father's name, he says her name. He starts yeah. saying, oh, he's the son of, like she's the important one that he's the son of. Um, it's not the man. He's mm. just he was just like an added extra, but he's the one who's really important. Well, that's it. In, that's the thing about fairy tales is that like the, the women are always the actors. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. it's always like even in Snow White and Sleeping Beauty or whatever. It's like and the king had died and he had a daughter and <laughs> yeah. she was doing stuff exactly. and there was another woman and she was doing stuff and there was a witch and you better believe she was doing stuff. <laughs> it's like the men are just the are very passive characters yeah. in fairy tales. Yeah, and, and I, th- I find it weird that there's been this sort of like thing of like oh those fairy tales are so unhealthy and the women were all passive it's like mm. I, I don't think they were yeah <laughs> um i have a question for you even though this yeah. is not my podcast um if you were going to recast it today because eventually it's going to happen like you said we reduce reuse recycle yeah. if only we recycled in life as much as we recycle in film and tv but anyway mm. um if you were going to recast it this time this in this century it wasn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can recast it now yes who would you cast okay i know who they would cast Ooh, who would they cast? They would cast Lin-Manuel Miranda as Jason Alexander. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes, they would. They absolutely they would. would. Um, they would cast Zendaya as, as Cinderella, I yes, think. Yes, they would. Does she sing? Yes, she was a Disney girl. That's of how course. she does. You don't get a Disney girl if you can't sing unless you're Zac Efron. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, and then you have to be Zac Efron. Exactly. <laughs> and that seems lonely. Um, uh, <laughs> um, who, I think... Who could be that fairy godmother character now? Who's like the grand dam of like triple threats right now? I can weirdly see can't... J-Lo doing it. Oh, hell no. My best friend um, called J-Lo the other day an entry-level triple threat. I thought you were about to say she called J-Lo on the phone. <laughs> I was like, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing to just drop that's into the thing. Yeah, my friend knows J-Lo. No, he was like, she's an entry-level. <laughs> triple threat which I thought was the meanest thing anyone's ever said oh no um, if Viola no. Davis could sing they would make it Viola Davis oh they would but I don't think she can sing all like all the Whitney's they're all gone in a way yeah. like, who are the who are the real dames that are oh around? she wouldn't do it but Beyonce oh no she, Jennifer Hudson Jennifer Hudson Jennifer Hudson Jennifer you'd need to age her a little bit though I feel like she'd need to look a little bit older yeah yeah Jennifer Hudson would kill it she might she might overdo the singing a little bit but she would be good I can so see her overdoing singing. Yeah. Those runs, you'd be like looking at your watch. Um, and, yep. Whoopi would still be Whoopi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you could still use Victor Gerber as well. Who would the prince be? Who would the prince be? They would want to make it Timothy Chalamet, but that would be a bad idea. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Who would, like, who is like a man that's around that's like hot, but like camp enough to do it? I would. Ooh, I don't know if he's camp enough to do it, but um, Dev Patel. <gasps> that would be so nice. Oh, we'll just stir him. The Does whole time. he sing? I bet he can. Probably. He seems. They like all teach them sing. to sing anyway, or <laughs> them. teach them to sing. <laughs> yeah. Child actors, they can all do it. Yeah, he would be. Yeah, he would be great. He's just getting hotter and hotter, oh isn't he? Gosh. It's unbelievable. He's so attractive. Yeah, it's that it's not right. That bloody hair. I just want to run my hands through it. <laughs> I'm also glad that we both agreed that Whoopi stays the same. Whoopi stays the same. Yeah. Whoopi, is, Whoopi is the same. You can't out Whoopi Whoopi. No. Whoopi Imagine. Whoopi. Whoopi. That's why they'll never touch Sister Act. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But like also, no one's ele- we've never elevated a, pr- a woman like that since yeah, Whoopi. It's exactly. Like, she's, she's like a weird looking lady. <laughs> she is a weird lady, but she's also like the funniest, she's most charismatic so person who's ever brilliant. existed. Yeah. Whoopi she's Whoopi. amazing. I think she is weirdly right-wing now, so maybe... It's the thing where I'm ambiently aware that people are irritated by her for reasons, but I can't remember if those reasons are good. Oh. And now someone's going to tell me. (laughs) Um, We gotta go, um, but... Ori, when's your book coming out? This has been delightful. Thank you. Tell us all about your book. Um, uh, it's coming out May 11th and it's called The Three of Us. Um, and it's about what you do or what happens when your best friend and your partner hate each other. And then you drink a lot of wine. And you say some stuff and it oh, gets real messy. It's and real chaotic. messy. <laughs> yes. And it's really that. short. So you can read it in like 
really short. 20, no, you can't read it in 20 minutes. I am also putting out a short book Wait. soon. It's nice having a short, a slim volume out yeah. there. People appreciate it. And what's your book called? I know what your book's called, but you should Oh, it's, it's called The Rachel Incident. Yeah. And it's also about friends and lovers. Uh-huh. And it's also short. Wait. So we should do an event. Short. We should. We should do an event. Lucy, if you're listening, um, just she, let me know. She publishes. Yeah. <laughs> well, then she will be listening. <laughs> There's one person you can count on. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, that's it, everyone. Thank you um, so much. Thank you. Oh, I had the this best is, time. This has been a real laugh. <laughs> t- I, I, if everyone stayed with us through the whole journey. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> I applaud you. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.